I don't normally do this, but for cold opens, I'm giving you a choice of what we can talk about. Okay. So on the one hand, we have the very sweet story um, that you just lived of how we gifted our good friend Keen with a present. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the other hand, we have the story about my racist barber. Um, so two roads diverged in a yellow wood. Uh, I'm going to go down the racist road first because it'll be news <laughs> to me and then everyone else can hear about the nice story afterwards to cheer them up. <laughs> uh, that's, that's actually it's a pretty good it's a pretty good tack yeah we haven't talked in a while because we haven't we recorded a couple episodes and nothing can but uh, back for Easter I went home to Ireland for a little short break and on my way back to the airport after a lovely stay lovely wholesome stay with my family I stopped in to get a haircut uh, and I engaged in the usual kind of small pleasantries with the barber he's asked me what am I doing with my day and I said I'm heading back to London and he immediately like he had this prepared launches into a diatribe about London and how mad it is uh, specifically the way that people drive. And London's kind of like a built-up, congested place yeah. and there's very low speed limits. So yeah. I haven't seen a lot of mad driving myself. No. So I wasn't sure exactly what he was referring to, but I, I didn't want to shut the conversation down straight away. So I just kind of went, um, I guess the black cabs can be a little bit aggressive. Uh, and I have nothing against black cab drivers. It's just, you know, professional drivers who might be a little bit more impatient on the roads or a little bit more assertive, like you see the way in Dublin with taxi drivers and stuff. I don't know. I just felt like I needed to say something. So I said that. Well, here's the first part of the problem. The barber thought I said black lads <laughs> when I said black cabs. <laughs> so he heard black lads can be a little bit aggressive, uh, not cabs. The second part of the problem is that I wasn't aware that he misheard me. <laughs> so, and he just went off making all these general complaints about what I thought were black cabs. Clearly weren't. And I was like, wow, this dude really doesn't like black cabs for some reason. And then my brain just went, wait a minute. A lot of these stories he te- he's telling are kind of Irish specific. There's no black cabs over here in Ireland. And then before my brain could make the next logical step as to what was actually happening, he just said, well, that's black lads for you. And then he holds up the mirror to show me the back of my haircut and goes, how's this? Are you happy? And I was just in shock as the realization of the last 10 minutes crashed down on me that I had been a passive participant in this very racist conversation. Not a passive participant, the instigator. It's <laughs> and, then, and then you realize that he was actually shaving your head and tattooing white power on the back of your head. <laughs> and I was so shocked. I just got up and I paid him. And I left. How much of a tip did you give the racist barber? I didn't, I didn't give him. I didn't give him any tip. Oh, why not? After because that. he was talking. He, he's going to go off and tell a story. I met a very racist young man. I had to pretend that I was a terrible racist just to, just to please <laughs> just to him. Get my tip. Just to get my tip. Just to get my tip, so I could put food on the table for my for my kids. <laughs> he's talking to his black wife as he says this. <laughs> Oh, you honey. know me, honey. I'm a really understanding guy, but this horrible racist man came in. <laughs> I was just talking uh, about taxis, and he started going off about black lads. <laughs> oh no, no, he was he was fierce racist. Mm. Uh, the worst part and the most confusing part of all this was it was probably the best haircut I've ever had. So <laughs> don't know how to feel about that. Yeah, that's like the thing, like with the whole uh, Me Too thing, and you find out about all these great actors that are total dicks. Like, can you still respect a shithead's work? Yeah, like is this still a good haircut if it was born out of racism? <laughs> <laughs> That's like the Hitler mustache, you know? It's not fair on that mustache. <laughs> Charlie Chaplin did a lot of good work for exactly. that mustache. I found out uh, there's a reason why Hitler had that mustache. Oh, yeah? It's, uh, it was like a working man's mustache back in the day because it was like simplistic and easy to maintain. Really? It wasn't, it wasn't like these big whiskers, you know? So he's like, look, I'm a man of the people. I've got this simple little mustache. Right. So it's just like a simple, bu- getting a simple buzz cut because it's just like... Exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
I did not know that. There you go. So I think let's bring back the Hitler Tash. We got to go find that barber, ask him to offer special <laughs> discounts on this particular He's mustache. Like, Finally, I've been pitching for this for years. Uh, shall we quickly tell the the nice birthday story? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you want to tell it? Uh, Look, our friend Keen, friend of the show. It's his. Thir- it's his. Stop that. Uh, our friend Keen this is his 30th birthday and we decided to get him he's a big gamer and we decided to get him a Nintendo Switch are you talking now you're giving it about the gaze no the game game <laughs> god I gotta work on my elocution electrocute who <laughs> oh no the ga- electrocute the gaze what <laughs> don't let the black lads electrocute the gaze oh my god what a wonderful cold open this is turning into no our, yeah it's our friend Keen's 30th birthday and we want to get, get him a Nintendo Switch uh, and everyone who went in on the gift is in London except for Steve so the task of gifting him gifting it to him fell to you and your delivery was like one of the best present deliveries I've ever seen yeah it was kind of ruined so I turned up in my car I pulled up to the drive I'd already coordinated with his girlfriend I was like okay so um, is his bedroom front facing no it's back facing I was like damn okay I'm going to have to text you and you're basically just going to have to say Keen we have to go outside and that's exactly what happened and he opened the door and I was standing with the Mario theme blasting out of my car, holding the switch above my head like the ghetto blaster from those 80s movies. It's a, it's a, the John Cusick moment John from Cusick. Say Anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, 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 but it was like horrible 8-bit yeah. Super Mario <laughs> theme <laughs> fucking <laughs> blasting out of the car. And it was mixed in with a strimmer two hours down. <laughs> I was like, damn, I need to go tell that guy to stop, but I don't have enough time. Ah! Oh, it was a very good video. He was very happy. It was very sweet. It was very cute. Yeah, and he's delighted. So yeah, there's there's two sides to this cold open. A horrible racist story and a very sweet, cute story among friends. Yes. So pick your favorite. It's like a choose your own adventure. Racist. That's you picking racist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, theme music. Uh, what, wait, what, what are we what are we doing now what happens next uh, we've done ra- so uh, hold on I'm just getting my checklist out okay, ticking off racism ticking off sweet birthday story we fixed that we fixed racism we fixed racism with our cute birthday story yeah uh, uh, now what's next this is going to be an elections hodge hodges podges episode where's ho- what's the hodgepodge. etymology of hodgepodge do you know I don't know kind of sounds Victorian I guess like it just it's a funny word to say so people like saying yeah it's, it's kind of like hobnobbing hobnobbing yeah, how does one, you know when people hobnob? How does one hobnob? I think hobnobbing is like when you're being fancy. It's kind of yeah, it's kind of like networking, but in a fancy context. Well, like that's, knob, knob is like that's that's an English term for a fancy person. Is it? Yeah, did not know that. I'm learning yeah. so much from you. It's like oh, um. So what's the hob part then? I don't know what the hob part is. No, I don't know that. Man. Okay, but anyway, I'm not talking <laughs> about the etym- etymology of hodgepodge. I'm just using mm-hmm. it as a word to describe the fact that we're going to talk about a whole bunch of countries having elections this spring. It's a roundup. It's a roundup. Yeehaw, giddy up, partner. Ra- roundup. I was. A, I once played a cowboy in a musical. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but that's so funny. <laughs> what was I, your What was your line? Giddy oh, up. I, I was a named character. Uh, I was Ike in Oklahoma. Oh. You were in Oklahoma. I was in Oklahoma. I wore the chaps. I wore. How have we never talked about this? We've never talked wore, about this. Why I did, wore the, 
I wore the boots, I wore the chaps, I wore the cowboy hat, and uh, I wore a shit ton of makeup because you have to for stage because Uh the bright lights wash you out. And so when I wasn't on stage and I was just walking around, I looked Spanish (laughs) because it's like you look really, really, really tanned when you have that shit on. You've got dark hair anyway. I've got quite dark features. So, uh, and you know what, Steve, here's the other thing. It's the most confident I've ever felt. I can't believe I didn't know this before. This has never, ever been mentioned in the many years that I've known you. (laughs) And you sound so proud of it as well. I I was extremely proud of it. And how come you Uh, never got involved in the musical society then in the college when I did know you? uh, It's kind of those things where it was the performance of a lifetime and I just wanted to retire there. Never going to top that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like, what am I going to do now? I've peaked. So, (laughs) peak Ike. (laughs) Peak. (laughs) Oh, right. So, Ike. Ike. That's a good name, actually. I'm looking at my Mm. um, bobblehead of. President Dwight D. Eisenhower. Nice. And uh, one of the best jokes in The Simpsons is Grandpa standing outside an election event with a sign saying, I still like Ike. Because <laughs> I like I Ike. I never noticed that. I like Ike was his uh, campaign motto. Yeah. Oh, there's, man, actually, there's actually a theory that um, Homer and Abe are like uh, Barry Goldwater Republicans. What's what's a Barry Goldwater Republican? It's like the Republicanism from back in the 60s. Um, he ran against Johnson, this guy, Barry Goldwater, and he was like the first instance of like the kind of Republican, Republican conservatism that we have now. Mm-hmm. So like anti-government, uh, low spending, uh, social values, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, he was kind of, it was actually, it's, it's when people decided that you can't psychologically analyze a president presidential candidate because everyone was saying he's fucking crazy right <laughs> that was basically the johnson campaign they were dirty fuckers and they like um they put it out there that he was actually insane because of all the mad stuff he was trying to do but now if you compare what he's saying to presidential candidates these days he would say i mean very yeah. normal but yeah. he also he got beaten um pretty badly and one of the reasons was one of the best uh visual adverts and i think it might, it might even be one of the most first first ones in america it was mm-hmm. like a countdown of a girl, first she's picking daisies going 10, 9, 8, and then it cuts to uh, like a guy listing like a countdown of a rocket and then a, nu- then a nuclear bomb. <laughs> Whoa. Would you, would you trust Barry Goldwater with your life? <laughs> Whoa. It's like the daisies ad is known as like, it's, it's a it's hand, it's like a, what's the word, like second hand now for just saying like a really effective television ad. Wow. And uh, how, what's this got to do with Abe and Homer Simpson? Oh, yeah. So there's a theory that like there's loads of comments that they make. Like, uh, it was like, oh, Grandpa, why do you think we're just getting checks in the post? I thought it was because the Democrats are back in power and loads of other bits like that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Homer makes a couple of mentions of it as well, like anti-government yeah. kind of things. And then someone wrote an article saying, yeah, you can probably link it that these two, like Grandpa was a Barry Goldwater Republican and Homer inherited it. Oh, there wow. Man, so many of those political things just went straight over my head when I watched The Simpsons as a kid. Yeah. Anyway, um, anyway, Simpsons is not what we're here to talk about. No, speaking of elections, though. There have been lots of elections, and there are some elections coming up. So, so is this like a season thing? Like, or is it coincidence? Or um, I think, like, yeah, it's like a seasonal thing. It's like you get mm. the people elected before the summer, and then because it's politics, they take the summer off. <laughs> yeah, because they just had a long, hard election. Oh, they just had a long, hard election. So it's kind of oh, like... Shit. Get- okay, I'm going to try stop. I'm going to try avoid saying long, hard election. <laughs> For the rest of this episode. <laughs> well, there is a couple of elections that we're going to have to mention as being very long. And oh, my God. Very, very hard. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, would you want to do the past ones first or do you want to do the ones that are coming up? 
Uh, let's go past. Okay. Let's go chronologically. Chronologically. So I don't know if it's necessarily the one that came first, but I'm going to talk about it first because I was there recently, is Spain. Yeah. Oh, Spain, yeah. Spain had... Did you, did you know I look Spanish when I wear makeup? I know, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, good man, Ike. Ike Rino. Igio. Ike... Irene. I don't know. <laughs> Enrique Ike Glacius. <laughs> Um, yes, so when I was I was on a road trip uh, just after Easter in Spain, driving around, and I got to see how Spain does elections, and they do it the same as us with po- posters of people's faces everywhere. Oh, and like okay, compared to to Ireland in terms of the ubiquity of all of these posters, nobody like, are they nobody, everywhere? No, nobody beats Ireland for that kind of stuff, okay. and we'll get onto that soon because it's yeah. it's awful. Um, yeah. Spain, as you may or may not know, is essentially a federal system, right? So you have a national parliament in Madrid that rules the whole countries together, but then you also have each region are autonomous to greater or lesser degrees. So, we so they ma- have their own like state laws in the same way America would. Yeah, they have local parliaments and local elections in that kind of way. And right. kind of like the UK as well has Spain, Northern Ireland, Wales, and in- well, England is West. Has Spain? By West but- Spain? Did I you think? say it's kind of like the UK has Spain? Northern uh, Ireland? Yeah. Did you not know that? The Queen <laughs> conquered it there the other day. Did you miss that? Oh, I missed that, sorry. Missed that. Uh, yeah, she was like, ah, fuck it, I'm going all, I'm going all medieval on their asses. <laughs> they have a king too, go. actually, but um, he doesn't really get involved in politics at all. No. Uh, so, first of all, I arrived in Barcelona and we drove north up through Catalonia. And mm-hmm. people will probably remember, we've talked about it a few times, the Catalans would love independence. Yeah. They had, they had a referendum um they voted for independence, but because it wasn't technically a legal referendum according to the Madrid laws, a whole lot of people got arrested. So... Mm-hmm. The Catalans do a thing where they wave their flags. Everyone has a fucking Catalan flag in northern Catalonia. It's insane. And they also tie yellow ribbons to everything. I mean, fucking everything. Really? They paint them. They put them on the road. They put, hang them off their, their balconies. They put them on like... We were up in the mountains in the Pyrenees. Yeah. People, Someone had gone up into the mountain in the height of winter and like tied them onto fucking um, ski lifts and those kind of things. Oh my god. And What's the, the symbology of the yellow ribbon? It is representing the people who are in prison and it wants them to be freed. So there's about ah. there's about 20 odd politicians that got arrested for holding this election by the federal government. Right. And the leader is presently in exile in Brussels. So it's all those dudes and they are uh yeah, this is like so their main thing is freedom for these guys. Right. So there was a party, it was like an alliance party of all the different Catalan parties they were running together to just basically go to Madrid and shout, let our guys out, let our guys out. Mm-hmm. So then I went into the Basque country. Basque country, people may or may not know, is also a pretty independent-minded part of Spain. Mm-hmm. They used to have their own version of the IRA called uh, ETA. ETA. Uh, ETA. But there was a peace agreement and now it's all fine and dandy. They pretty much kind of ignore the national elections because it doesn't really affect them that much. They're like all concentrating on their local elections in Bilbao. Right. And then I drove down to the middle of it and got into like proper Spain, Spain. And there it's posters of loads of different dudes' faces, including the the setting prime minister who's a young, handsome guy from the Socialist Party who's like doing like, a, it's a mid-motion shot of him walking. Ooh. And there's like, the Spanish flags are behind him, blurred out, and because the Spanish flag is yellow and red, it kind of looks like he's walking away from an explosion. <gasps> Very good. <laughs> it looks this pretty is, rad. I'll put, I'll put in the show notes if I can find this, um, this picture online. He uh, has been, as I said, he's been running the country as part of a coalition and has been a little bit soft on the Catalonian elections and, and that kind of stuff. And as well, like it, it, it's soft in terms of like favorable towards them. No, not in any sense favorable towards them, but certainly like the right wing parties. Not hostile. 
well, hostile too, yes, because he's still okay. approving the arresting of all these people. But whereas the right wing parties are campaigning saying, don't give them a single thing, arrest everybody, club them in the head, shoot the grannies that try to vote, do it all. Because mm. they're like, oh, unity for Spain. Um, so he was running for re-election, but he's also been criticised for not being very left wing in his personal views. So he like, I think he has the record for the most private flights on the private jet. And like, oh. he's always taking selfies with his dog. So the right wing party's youth group set up a... Um, Wait, what's wrong with taking selfies with your dog? It's, it's kind of like the Trudeau effect. It's like people are getting tired of politicians trying to be cool. That kind of oh, way. Okay. Personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but the right wingers think that it would, it would be a way for them to make fun of him and try and get more votes for themselves. Ah. So they... Um, the youth wing set up, they rented out an office five doors down from his election headquarters in Madrid and they set up a, a travel agency under his name <laughs> and had it open for a week. <laughs> and they had like, take your dog on holiday and that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, that's great. That was pretty that's good. That's that clever. It didn't work. No. Uh, he, he basically won. Um, he has enough seats in parliament to reform another election. And the only really bad news from the election is that this party called Vox, which would be the first openly authoritarian and racist party, got about 10% of the vote, which is not, oh, really? not great. Yeah. They'd be the equivalent, I guess, of the AFD in Germany and yeah, uh, yeah that kind of a thing. So, ain't, so, ain't so, great. so, no. So Spain, like, so let's go like a more macro level for Spain. Like, what's the ideological shift after this election? Like, what, what's the split? Uh, it's, it's about 55 left, 45 right, I guess you could say. Okay. Um, the when the so what happened then is that when the Vox came up with loads more percentages, they took it off the other right wing parties. So this this going to have the same kind of effect that it's had in Germany and Italy. It's going to end up causing the other right wing parties to have to get more right wing to defend their flank, right? In the same way that the Conservatives tried to do it against UKIP. So it's just going to end up consolidating the right winginess of the right wing parties. So which isn't great because Spain was a dictatorship up until the seventies. Yeah. They had this dude called Franco who took over just before World War Two and ruled it pretty harshly up until the seventies. And they kind of had like a it wasn't like a revolution. I think he died and people were like, So we're gonna stop this this dictatorship thing now and everyone's like, Yeah, okay, yeah. And then right. they allowed the guys to retire and some people still like to throw the word fascist around to all right-wing parties, but it certainly said like the People's Party, I think, are the name of the centre-right party over there. They're not that, they're not authoritarian, they're not fascist in any way, they'll just be a right-wing party, same as the Conservatives in, in the UK or Angela Merkel's party in Germany. Mm-hmm. But if they want to defend themselves against Vox, they're going to end up tacking more and more to the right. right. And that will probably end up making the lefties tack more and more to the left. Furthering that divide. Furthering the divide, keeping up. So it's like, it's the same thing happening everywhere. Yeah, yeah it's the trend. It's it's the trend. Uh, so that's Spain. That's Spain. What's, what else? Israel. We talked about Israel having an election because mm-hmm. Benjamin Netanyahu, who is the prime minister for a very long time. Um, how, how long are we talking? Uh, he won a record fifth term now. So okay. I think this... And is there a limit? Do they have a limit to the, ter- the number of terms? No, they have a, a parliamentary system the same as us in the UK. So the part, the prime, okay. they elect the prime minister and there's no limits. Um, do you never, okay. we never, there, there is never term limits in those kind of governments. Okay. It's, only, it's only presidential systems that have term limits. Um, so he is a right winger too, mm-hmm. and he's not very nice to, uh, right. according to a lot of people, especially how, how like center right, far right. He would be center right, but he would be backed up by very right wing guys, like very conservative, orthodox, Jewish kind of parties. Okay, um, who basically want a greater Israel across that will slice up loads of parts of countries that already exist in the Middle East, as well as the the Palestinian parts that are contested. Right. Um. He, I think we mentioned, he said, if I get reelected, I will fully annex all the parts, all the occupied territories that they have. 
So back all in, of the Palestinian territories, all the Palestinian territories that is presently occupied by Israel. So the process of annexing a territory like that, like what does that mean? Are they at present? They're basically it's it's a military occupation of conquered territory, but yeah. but the Israeli government and the Israeli state has not officially claimed it as its own territory. But it effectively is Israel because they move in people, they build big complex cities, and they there's factories there, people living there, all those kind of things. Yeah. And because Israel's quite a, a developed country, it's really weird. You basically have these middle class little suburbs with huge walls and feckin' soldiers patrolling them. Yeah. And the potential of rockets falling on them and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So he declared that he will actually go ahead and fully incorporated into the Israeli state to make it part of Israel. And that's not great because that would basically scupper any chance of a two-state solution between right. a peace deal between the Israelis and the Palestinians. And he won. So it looks like that could happen soon. And there'll be even more backlash from the liberal world about it. But then yeah. under Trump, America will be like, yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> and it's actually, that's a confusing one as well because... Um, it, it will be the UN that will be against it because the UN wants to see its peace deal brought in, which is mm-hmm. which has been ignored for so long. But the most powerful countries in the UN will be totally for it. So America will be for it because that's the politics that are there. They're always very pro-Israel and especially under Trump, he's very pro-Netanyahu. Mm-hmm. Russia will be for it because they like conquering stuff too. And yeah. China... <laughs> that's kind of their brand. China will be for it because they also conquered Tibet and they want to conquer Taiwan. So okay. Who will be the most vocal uh, opposition? Ireland the are up there actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, we we have a long history of backing the Palestinians to the point that Israel always calls us anti-Semitic. Yeah. But I don't think that's a fair thing. It's just like we, we love the underdogs in a fight. <laughs> yeah, we've been it long enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's actually, uh, we'll move on to Northern Ireland now because the Republicans in Northern Ireland like to fly the Palestinian flag to, to show solidarity. So mm-hmm. as if you know anything about Northern Ireland, you know that flags are very important. <laughs> Extremely so, yes. Flags. So whenever the Republicans start showing the Palestinian flag, the Protestants start waving the Israeli flag. Oh my God. So yeah, oh, Northern Ireland had local elections last week. Right. Even though they haven't had a government in Belfast for, I think, over three years now, they beat Belgium for the record of longest <laughs> parliament without a government. That's an achievement. Good job, guys. <laughs> well done. Here's your fucking medal. Um, but these elections were a bit contested, a bit contentious as opposed to other. Well, I mean, every election in Northern Ireland is every pretty... Every election, by definition. Is, no, no, not, not, not... It's contentious as opposed to contested. Okay. Um, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, there was a journalist shot dead in Derry. Um, mm-hmm. There were riots happening in one of the one of the estates and she was standing beside the police d- documenting the event and there are video footage of guys hiding behind cars shooting pistols at the police like guns and she yeah. she took a bullet and she died and the, it kind of shocked people because it's like it's an innocent person just getting shot down it's violence coming back to the north yeah it's any anytime there's any sort of like resurgence to that yeah. way of life it's particularly terrifying and especially because these bastards are basically just trying to create another bloody Sunday. Yeah. That's what happened in the in 68, I think it was, or 69. And that sparked off the worst part of the violence in Northern Ireland was when the British army were fired upon mm-hmm. by guys hiding. But then instead of dealing with it properly, they decided to turn around and shot like 13 innocent people dead. And yeah. the, day, the, the day after that happened, the IRA basically became a huge, powerful organization, whereas before it hadn't really been. Mm-hmm. So these guys are calling themselves the new IRA, I think. Okay. Um, and yeah, they took responsibility for it. They said saws, but they're not going to stop. So what's, have they laid out an agenda? Well, their agenda is the British out of Northern Ireland and, and unification under 
of, of Ireland under an Irish government. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, the city of Derry went ahead and elected um, one of the politicians who's basically like a front for new IRA um, to the council, which is not great. Wow. So Sinn Féin, who are now a peaceful, normalised party in North and South, they were the voice of the IRA during the Troubles. And... Mm-hmm. But then they became normalised and they're not they're not part of it at all. And now this party is basically trying to do the same thing as what Sinn Féin did. So even though they're not like, oh, we're not the new IRA, but then like, you are. <laughs> so, yeah. So going on to who won and who lost in the election, uh, Sinn Féin actually came back with the exact same number of seats. Uh, the DUP lost eight seats, but actually had the biggest share of vote of all parties, which is kind of representative of where they are. They also had very confusingly an openly gay uh, woman elected. Hmm even though they're a party completely against rights for gay people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's confusing. And they're like, oh, no, yeah. but we're not changing our policy. There's still no marriage coming out of Belfast. No, no, no. <laughs> um, they won 122 seats and Sinn Féin got 105. So that kind of represents about where you think the, the percentage of the votes are. Yeah. The Ulster Unionists, they keep on shrinking. They're at 75. And the SDLP are shrinking too at 59, which kind of is indicative of what's going on with those. Mm-hmm. So these were like the, they used to be the middle ground parties after the Troubles and they, they basically put the peace process together. But yeah. then pretty quickly Sinn Féin and the DUP were like, ah, oh, no, they're, we're, we're more hard than them and follow us. And then people switched votes from from the old, uh, more moderate parties to the two extreme parties. So yeah, again, disappearing middle ground. Disappearing middle ground, yeah. Well, this is a different kind of thing. This is like a sectarian divide as opposed to just a regular political divide. Right. And very, there is a good story though. Um, the Alliance Party, which is essentially a neutral party, even though officially they have to declare themselves as unionist, um, mm-hmm. they made big gains and they got 53 seats. Cool. That's great. Which is really good. Um, they, they've got a really effective leader at the moment. She's fucking brilliant. I've seen her on television loads of times. And uh, yeah, so hopefully if they keep on going like that, you may end up like, I, I just, the thing I want for Northern Ireland is for people to walk into the ballot box and vote based on who they think is going to give them the best shit as opposed to vote for your people and not their, yeah. And not their people. Yeah, exactly. Like vote, vote based on, you know, political practice yeah. and policy. And, yeah. You know, and the way it should be. Who's the hottest, you know? And they <laughs> both... Hot, is it just a good straight straight up and down hot or not vote is that so much that yeah it's like uh, they, it should be like they shouldn't be like who do you vote for it's like fuck marry kill <laughs> it should be on the ballot for you and it's like whoever gets the most I don't know would you want someone that got the most fucks or the most married but obviously not the kids yeah I was just thinking that What's, it depends what kind of um what kind of country you want to live in, I guess. Yeah, 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 I suppose. Maybe you have to declare yourself as to which party you're with. I'm with the fuck party. I'm <laughs> <laughs> we're with the marry party. And then you have, we're the kill party. A whole load of, a yeah. load of gills. Oh, whoa, geez. <laughs> um, when Northern Ireland were having their local elections, there were also lo- local elections in the UK. Other parts, <laughs> as opposed to Northern Ireland, which is also the UK. Yes. Um, <laughs> in England and Wales. But not London, mm-hmm. which is confusing. No, not London. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I checked. There's a there's a really cool tool. You can just type in your postcode and you get a list of like applicable elections for oh. you. And yeah, it was a big a big old zero mm-hmm. when I checked it out. Oh, just in case you were just making sure you weren't going to miss. Just making sure. I'm terrified. This podcast terrifies me for like that kind of thing where it turns out I missed an important election. Like to talk <laughs> about how I missed it on this political show. <laughs> so I'm very self-aware. Can you vote in local elections over there? 
Yes, I'm registered, yeah. You can vote You can vote in parliamentary elections too, actually, because you're Irish. Yes, I can. But they can't vote in ours. They can't vote. British. The local elections kind of went the way people thought. The Tories got hammered. They lost like over a thousand seats across the countries. Wow. Which is mad. That's like That's huge. And this is important because like uh, these these the national parties really need to use the, the the councils as like their base on the ground, both in terms of getting MPs elected and then just in terms of like people moving through from the council to become MPs. So yeah, exactly. this is like a big grassroots part of the Tories just got ripped up. And mm-hmm. Labour didn't do that great at all either. I think they lost a couple of seats. So who was the who was the 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 quote unquote victor or who came out particularly well? The Liberal Democrats. Ah, Liberal Remember Dems. them? Yeah. <laughs> they're they're back they're in a back. big way. Uh, yeah, they 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 are usually pretty effective at local elections in England and Wales. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I would not, and like people are seeing this, like of course, even though it's an election about who's supposed to collect your bins, everyone just talks about Brexit. Yeah. So this is seen as like, oh well, the mainstream parties are doing bad. UKIP lost a load of seats, and Lib Dems won. So people are like, oh, it's a vote against Brexit. And I was like, well, maybe. So it, here's a question for you, actually, while we're on that to- topic. Like we always speak about Brexit sucking up a lot of polit- political oxygen around mm-hmm. basically all the other issues. When it comes to stuff like smaller scale local elections, is it the same thing? Like how much, or does it even have an effect? It doesn't have a practical effect in terms of what the results of it will be. Uh, sorry, as in like the consequences, but yeah, it definitely has a, an entirely like people still think about Brexit when they're voting. So right. people are not voting for the Tories because of what's going on with Brexit. Right. Okay. Even though it's like the 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 smaller things of like your bins and whatnot. Yeah. Exactly. And people are separate issues. People people of- did vote for the Lib Dems based on Brexit. Right. Which is stupid. <laughs> yeah. You are stupid people. <laughs> It's happening here, so we haven't got to it yet, but Ireland's having local elections too, and you have, like, people running for council that are talking about EU issues as well, and like, oh, would you just shut the fuck up? Yes. <laughs> just fix my potholes! Fix my fucking potholes! Even though they can't even do that. Irish locals' um, power is, like, minuscule. We're pretty much a Dublin-dominated country. and um, We'll get on to do, that. Do, okay. Do you want to do that now? Or uh, sure? No, we still have few previous elections to talk about. Okay, let's do it. Thailand had an election. It was their first election uh-huh. since the 2014 coup d'etat. The military took over Thailand in 2014. All of a sudden, they're like, fuck it, we're, we're tired of yeah. how this democracy is going. And they basically wrote a new constitution in 2017. And this was the first election since that. And so is this a, 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 a national Yes, yep. Level. This is national. Okay. This is, um, I think they have a parliamentary system, but you also get to vote on who you want to be the prime minister, which is kind of confusing. Okay. So there's a so you're voting for a party. You're voting for parties and, and the prime minister. And the pri- okay. So it's potential that the largest party might not win <laughs> the prime okay. ministership. So it'd be there. Okay, that's crazy. I think that actually happened. <laughs> it's kind of that make for yeah dramatic television. I did, but I don't know about politics. I should have done more rep, more research into this because they have a little bit of a confusing system. Um, but the interesting thing is that uh, Thailand is a monarchy. They have a king. Um, he doesn't. He tries his best not to get involved in politics, right. but he had to this time because his older sister was declared the leader of one of the parties. <gasps> I guess it's really good television. <laughs> this is really good television. The, I would r- much rather watch this than season three of The Crown or something. Her younger brother had to step in, uh, the king, and was like, uh, no, you can't do that. And then they have a constitutional court that dissolved that party and stopped that to happen. And the day before the election, the king said, I want you to vote for good people. Wow. So, yeah. No. Man, this sounds really interesting. I think we, well, maybe we'll do a full episode on Thailand in the future. We definitely should. It does sound like a very yeah. interesting thing. Um, yeah, so, let, 
let us know if you're over on Twitter or email if you're interested in that. Yeah, or please. If you know someone who would be a good guest to get on for something like that. Which would be very important because otherwise I would so, just yeah. make up stuff and get it wrong. Um, <laughs> the lead, the party that won are close to the military, so but not part of the military, if you get me. Okay. So the the party that won and they they have the, they have the prime minister, they they would be favorable to the military, but still it does count as a democratic election. And the okay. party that would be anti-military, very um, progressive, they didn't win, which was, okay. and you can probably assume, considering the army took over a couple of years ago, that that's the result that they wanted. And they, right. would, and they yeah. would have pushed things to have it happen like that. Right, okay. Near enough to Thailand, Indonesia. Um, mm-hmm. It is also a huge democracy. I think there's like nearly 190 million people, or is it something like that? I don't know. There's 190 million voters, so that probably means there's about 250 million people. So it's right. a huge, huge country spread across loads of different islands. Um, they what had, kind of government do they have? They have a democracy, yep. Um, oh, like is it a parliamentary system? Is it? They have a presidential system and a parliament. Oh, cool. So kind of similar to Nigeria and the US and that kind of thing. Um, so the elections were for everything. It was on the 17th of April. Uh, it was the... F- First time in the country's history that actually everything was up for vote. The president, the vice president, the constitutional assembly, all that kind of stuff. Whoa. Um, 16 parties participated and including four new parties. And the guy who was president before won again. Um, right. They're supposed to have a two round system, but there was only two guys running, so they didn't have to do that. Okay. Um, the, and what's, 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 their, what's their deal? Are they, like? they are a Muslim country. Um, and there is tensions between Christians and Muslims all across the place. And the guy who was running against the sitting president, he was using a very Muslimistic kind of line, Islamistic, um, conservative line. And in Mm -hmm. order to try and defend himself, the sitting president, who would have been more liberal and progressive, kind of went kind of Islamist as well. And he even picked a cleric as his his vice president. Oh, really? So in order to defend himself and get the vote, he basically tacked to the right. Um, Indonesia was a military dictatorship until relatively recently. And they were a pretty vicious one as well. There's a great documentary, I think it's called, um, in, I can't remember, something about killing, basically. It, you're talking to a guy that used to be a hitman on behalf of the government and he just explains all the mad shit that he used to do. Oh, um, wow. Uh, yeah, if you get a chance, look, if you can look that up afterwards, let me know and I'll stick in the show notes because yeah, that sounds fascinating. It is a really good documentary. And yeah, he just like, it's almost as if he doesn't have any any regret and he's like, acting out the shit that he used to do which include like choking people with razor wire and all that Jesus oh, yeah, it's, gr- it's gross and this is just this old man just telling you all this fucking hell so they they didn't have a revolution again it was kind of just like the military stepped down and the guy that was running against the president I think he was a former general as well so you can tell that the military are still there and they are still yeah. trying to influence things um, yeah. but the guy he won again hopefully now he's not going to follow through on all those Islamist things he was talking about Hopefully it was just an election tactic and he'll continue running the country as a Democrat and a liberal. Right. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, Slovakia had an election. God, there's so many elections. So many elections this year. Um, They had a president and for the very first time they elected a lady. Oh, wow. And I'm going to try and pronounce her name. First time in their history. First time in their history. Slovakia is a relatively new country. It used to be part Mm -hmm. of um, the Czech Republic, Mm -hmm. Czechoslovakia. And they elected Zuzana Kaptova. Great name. She was an outsider, uh, as outsiders seem to be doing very well now, and she was a journalist, and she got elected, and yeah, good for her. Great. So what's her, like, is she left-wing? She'd be left-wing, she'd be liberal, progressive, pro-EU, that kind of stuff. Cool. Yeah. Great. So, but, aha, here's the best one. Have we talked about Ukraine? No. The election? I don't think so. No. 
I don't know why, because it's the best thing ever. Okay, so okay. tell me all about it. Uh, people may know Ukraine's a bit contested at the moment. Um, Absolutely, there was a revolution in 2014, I believe, and they got rid of the old president who was pro-Russia. And in Russia's response, they basically sparked revolutions on the east to try and separate the two. And this would be like an election in Kiev that would be the pro-Ukrainian, pro-EU side of things. So mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy that won, he's never been a politician before. Okay. He is an actor, comedian. Okay. A comedian. And he's famous for being in a show about a teacher who goes viral ranting against the government and corruption who becomes president. What? And now he's the president of Ukraine. That's crazy. That's like some of that positive visualization, put something out into the world and it will, you know, ask something of the universe and it shall give. Well, there you go. Yep. That's crazy. And he won pretty easily too. So... Walk, walk me through, walk me through this, please. <laughs> well, I mean, I explained it. <laughs> he became, yeah, he became I, I famous it, from the television show about about a random. And people voted on that. Like yeah. people were swung by that kind yeah. of ideology, yeah. and that's what they. Okay, okay. He had uh, wow. he had friends in high places. Uh, he was backed by a a big oligarch who owns a load of the media stations. Right. He actually he declared his candidacy on New Year's Eve on television at like eleven when everyone was watching it and then oh man that's so savvy he refused to debate the the guy who was running against him on stage the guy just had an empty debate with himself because uh, it's just he didn't need it so he, he was pretty savvy he was pretty te- tactical and yeah he just he, he brought it home wow and was his whole platform kind of built off of this show yes like he wasn't trying to distance himself no from no not at all he was like switch over to serious politics yeah. he was very much okay well it is it was the show was serious politics it was like a comedy but it was also like Ukraine is corrupt and broken yeah. and this is how I'm going to... Rooted in real stuff. Yeah, this is how I'm going to fix yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's fucking fascinating. Isn't it? That's amazing. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name though. You, you guys can look it up. <laughs> I'll put, I'll say, again, I'll stick that in the show notes. North Korea mm-hmm. had an election on March 10th. Is election in quotes? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest air quotes you ever did see. It had uh, each ballot paper had one person on it. <laughs> Oh, well, let me guess who it was. <laughs> no, no, no. This is no. He doesn't go for election. This is for the party. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yep. Um, so, ninety nine percent of voters turned up. What? Uh, yeah. It, it's a, it's a completely mandatory to show up and vote. I don't know if it's legal. Or is it just part of the kind of c- the fabric of the culture? I was about but- to no. <laughs> yes and no. Well, it's a it's an absolute dictatorship. Yeah. So if you don't vote, and it's because you're, and it's uh, the only reason being you can't vote is because your legs don't work. <laughs> Um, you will be sent to a prison camp. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. It's so that. Yeah. Th- those kind of <laughs> tactics, you will get pretty high turnout, I guess. Yeah. Um. So we're going to use mandatory voting to segue into a much less contest, uh, contentious election. Um. Well. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's pretty contentious because it's Australia. So it's Australia. <laughs> they also okay. <laughs> they have compulsory. You are the master of the segue and build up. <laughs> They have compulsory elections as well. So mm-hmm. all these things I'm about to tell you, I can 100% claim are not mine. Okay. <laughs> we got an email from Michael Santos, a, I presume he's Australian because he knows an awful lot about Australia and he's talking about our elections. Mm-hmm. So he asked us to do a dedicated episode on the elections and I said, we we're not going to do that, but it's part of the hodgepodge and we're going to use all the stuff he's telling us. So it's compulsory, one of the few countries in the world. And mm-hmm. it's also one of the... So how, did, how would somewhere like Australia enforce compulsory you get, elections? You get fined. Oh, okay. Belgium has it too, but I don't think there's many consequences. It's just kind of like a, 
like a you definitely should do it because it's the law, but you're not going to actually get done for it. Okay, okay. You know, like you know the way murder is in Ireland, people that just let you do whatever you want, but like they don't actually punish <laughs> you. Yeah. Yes, like that. Yes. Um, like, just like that. Just like that. So he's basically saying if you didn't have mandatory voting, you have shit like goes on in America and the UK where you have to appeal to your bases to get them to come out. So that makes you tack further from the center. Right. Whereas what he's saying is that in Australia, because everybody has to fucking vote, yeah. most people are by definition center. Right. So they don't have to do that, which is why you have the the Conservative Party and the Labour Party. They're the two biggest. And I think the Conservative Party is actually called the Liberals, which is confusing. <laughs> okay. Um they, That's fascinating, yeah. though, the implications of a mandatory versus, like, from an ideological standpoint. What do you think about it more realistically? Do you think governments should mandate their citizens to vote? Oh, fuck. I mean, voting is, like, so important, right, for, like, participating in, a, in an active democracy is a very, very special thing. But what if you don't want to? Yeah, I know. And this is the, this is the thing. Is that going against the, the idea of, like, free acting civilians within a society? Mm. Like, to telling them to do this thing? Which by, by its definition should be a democratic thing. Mm-hmm. And is it democratic if you're mandating someone has to do something? Mm-hmm. Even if that thing is democracy? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm confusing myself now with my own words. <laughs> that's kind of, the, that's the dilemma, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm got, got a little bit of a headache and a nosebleed right now. I believe the reason it hasn't been brought into places like most of the Western world and Northern Hemisphere is because a government would be too afraid to bring it in because they, 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 they would be punished for it. <laughs> if, that, yeah, they wouldn't get the votes. If you mandated... If the Irish government mandated everyone to vote, I know that they would just vote against that party despite them because they made yeah. them leave their house and put on clothes. <laughs> that's, a really, that's a really practical answer. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why it hasn't been brought into to Ireland and the UK in those kind okay. of places. But there's also like the whole liberal thing about, well, it's up to the person to do it. Yes, exactly. They have a Washminster system. So it's like a mix of the US and the UK's. They don't have a, a Washminster. I've never heard that. They don't have a president because the Queen is still the head of state of Australia. Oh, okay. They've had talks about becoming a republic, um, but they haven't decided to do it yet. So kind of like Canada and New Zealand, mm-hmm. the Queen is their head of state, which is fucking bananas. But anyway. It's, it's bonkers. We've talked about that before. We do. Check out our What Our Monarchy episode. If you want to hear me give out like crazy. <laughs> um, bring back the guillotines, what I say. <laughs> they have a fully elected Senate equal representation across the states and it has the same power as the House of Representatives which is elected by proportional representation. Okay. And the Senate is actually one of the most powerful upper houses in the world so you have to get your laws passed in the the House of Representatives and the Senate. Unlike Ireland and the UK where we basically have pretend upper houses that don't really have any power. Right. And Michael did his research because he didn't call the Irish Senate the Senate he called it the Shannon. Which is, ah, which come is on, Michael. Come on, come on, Michael. Come on, Michael. Come on, Michael. Um, no. The governing party never has a majority there because of the way senators are elected. So that means that the government have to negotiate with minor parties, which brings the politics closer to the centre again. Wow, Australia right. has got a good system. <laughs> I never knew it's about a this. Good system, Australia. But then, then the thing about it, it's it's mad because they're also the the thing they did know about Australia is that they change the prime minister like every year. What they they're constantly changing prime ministers. It's like a revolving door. It's like whenever the leaders get a little bit unpopular, the party's like, oh, you're gone. <laughs> like, I think the average these days, like in the last decade, is like a year and a half. Wow, that's really short. Bananas. It's barely time to set up all your, like, your bobbleheads on your desk. Well, Australia's huge as well. So if you're from the West, by the time you get to Sydney or wherever the capital is, I think it's, <laughs> yeah. it's Canberra, isn't it? And then, like, by the time you get there, it's like, oh, sorry, love, you're not Prime Minister anymore. <laughs> Back you go. Michael, we're sorry for the accent. I'm not sorry for anything. <laughs> That's Australia. They're going to have an election uh, May 18th. Mm-hmm. And Michael thinks that the Labour Party, who are the opposition party at the moment, will win. And because I have no idea if that's right or wrong, 
we're going to rely on you for we're, that information. We're leave this to leave this one to Michael. Leave Michael, right into us with a, a, a breakdown of the results as well. That would be great. You're now our Australian correspondent. Exactly. Cheers. Oh, you can leave a voice message too. And all the other listeners out there, you can also leave voice messages. Oh yeah. So and you go to our website. There's a little button down the bottom. That should the be more, there. The more yeah. interesting your accent, the more likely it is that we're going to use you. <laughs> the more comical and stereotypical your accent is, please. <laughs> Um, India have been having an election for fucking ages. How how long's ages? <laughs> About six weeks. That's pretty fucking long. Because India that's is the longest. That's a long, long election. That's that's this is it. This is a long, hard Indian election. And it's sometimes it's hard to keep an election going that long. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like one in five. <laughs> And it's, it's, okay. noth- it's nothing to be ashamed of. It happens to all democracies, Richie. Don't worry about it. The best it. democracies. They're there. They're there. <laughs> uh, Prime Minister Modi is trying to run again. Um, he has a good chance of uh, beating the guy who's trying to challenge him is a dude called Gandhi. He's very handsome. Um, but I don't think that's going to be enough to get him in. So, unfortunately. <laughs> love a good, I love a good handsome politician. Exa- I must fuck, say. Fuck, marry, kill. Bring it in. <laughs> We're looking at you, India, largest democracy on the planet. Over 1.2 billion people, I think. Yeah. Look, That's bananas. It doesn't need to be fuck, marry, kill. It can be a hot or not, and you can then transition to a fuck, marry, kill system. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I think yeah, it's yeah, important yeah, that yeah, we, yeah, 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 you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Baby steps. You don't want to, it's evolution, not revolution. That's exactly it, Steve. Yeah. So hot so, or not first. I don't think there's much to talk about because they're still having their election. It's just likely that Modi's going to win, and he's kind of, people call him a populist, but I don't think it's fair to put him in the same camp as Donald Trump or that dude in the Philippines mm-hmm. who are bastards. Right. Modi's he's a bit of a bastard, but all politicians are. Okay. <laughs> uh, yep. Speaking of bastards, mm-hmm. Ireland is having its local elections. Wait. So if I look out my window, let me just see. Yep, I can see loads of faces looking back at me with awkward <laughs> fucking smiles. There's one on your window facing in. That happened before, actually. <laughs> oh, man. back in my, I th- We must have talked about this in our election episode, but... When we were in college, my roommates used to get drunk and rip down all the election posters and put them up in our house. And I came home one day and there was a big, huge, massive bus poster for, fuck, what's the name? Finian? Or oh, fin- Finian McGrath. Finian McGrath, yeah. Covering my door. Like I couldn't get into my room because they had duct taped it to the door. <laughs> Finian McGrath. Yeah, so his face was just blocking me from getting into my bed. And uh, they had cut out a hole in his mouth and drawn with Sharpie just like four sex with an arrow pointing to the hole. <laughs> just for reference, guys, Finney and McGrath is a grey-haired man with a black moustache. <laughs> yes, that's him. That's the man. Middle-aged. Um, he's, my, he's one of my local TDs. Ah. Independent. Part of the yeah. Independent Alliance. Um, um, so yeah, what's going on? This is what's going on in Ireland. Right? <laughs> we, we have local elections. Uh, we're electing people to council, which are really ineffective councils. They, mm-hmm. it, there's a reason for that, though. So during the Civil War, because our, Irish people are so stupid, after we fought a war for independence, we decided to fight a civil war immediately after. Yeah. And uh, in order to consolidate power for the um, the government at the time to, to fight against the rebels, they got rid of all local power and took it back into Dublin and they never really gave it back. So councils basically have the power to do fuck all. Right. Councillors are part time in Ireland. Um, they only meet in the evenings and after their other jobs. After their other jobs, and it's it's usually just a stepping stone to get onto the national platform. Yeah, and also used by like local political bosses from the big parties. Um, they would like have their their guys there. So, so what is the actual purview then of of 
the like county council or something like that. Like, what do they have to do? They don't even have proper planning laws anymore because they can be overruled by the National Planning Authority. Right. They don't. They used to be in charge of water, but they took that away and put it into Irish Water, a national agency. Yeah. They uh, they have a whole lot of council workers that kind of go around and cut grass and fix roads and stuff. Yeah. But but then also. Lots of roads are now being contracted out to private contractors, so they don't yeah. have much of that either. Is that uh, true? Because we talked about that in our um, the, op- the Operation National Sore thing about recycling moving more and more towards private contractors in Dublin yes. and yes. elsewhere. Yes. Is that like uh, happening elsewhere with other kind of utilities and stuff? Yes. Wow. Okay. So the Irish Water was turned into a company and it became a pretty contentious political issue that's part of it was the fact that people had to pay for water all of a sudden they hated that but mm-hmm. then they also thought well they're just going to sell it the government's just got packaging it up into one big company to sell it so then like london has a private water company that's owned by china oh yes you told me about this and that kind of stuff so yeah. i th- but then that that uh, there isn't really any party that would openly say we're going to privatize it but you can imagine that that's what someone like Fine Gael or Fianna Fáil would do yeah but there is talk about putting it into the constitution that it can't be sold. Ah. <laughs> but I don't know if that'll actually happen. That's yeah. what's going on. We're also having a referendum because in the 90s, we had a referendum to change the constitution to allow people to get divorced. Because yeah. Ireland was a theocratic dictatorship run by the fucking church. <laughs> yes. um, so we're having another liberal progressive referendum to take, re- uh, to take divorce out of the constitution. Right. So the same the same way that we had a referendum to take divorce out of the constitution, or sorry, to take uh, abortion out of the constitution, we're doing it now for divorce. And the government has said they're going to replace it with a law that says instead, because at the moment in the constitution it says you it takes five years to get a divorce. Yeah, it's like five sep- years of separation. Four years living apart, five years officially separated. Well, not officially, it's just between you. Before yeah. you can go to a judge and ask for a divorce. In the new, the new thing is going to be they're going to take it out of the constitution and they're going to replace it with a law that says three years. So it's a bit of a step down. But then the next government could make it one year. The government after that can make it nothing. Or someone else could come in and ban divorce with a law. The fact is that they're moving it from the constitution to the parliament, which is the best way to go. Right. I have a stake in this one. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering whether you were going to say this. I'm in the process of uh, separation and I wouldn't. I don't really want to wait five years to have to get over it. And I'm sure my ex-wife doesn't want that either. So yeah, it's such a long time. It's insane. Like, yeah. and like, uh, obviously my situation isn't that dramatic. It's just a relationship that didn't work. But imagine if you're like with an abusive partner or something. Oh my or, God, I can't even. Or, or someone that like cheated on you and you still have to fucking deal with them for five years. Yes, like, it's horrendous. So archaic. It is. And like, it's, it's classically Irish. So the judges basically, they only care if there's money or kids involved they won't get involved apart from that it's like you turn up looking for a divorce divorce that's it they don't care they don't ask you any details they just give you the divorce instantly yeah so it's it's not like our actual practicality we give a shit about whether or not people are staying together as married couples yeah it's just oh it's, so it's just a remnants of this horrible yeah. sister, archaic system Eamon de Valera it's his fault yeah um is, is that is that it for their election talk Nope, because the same day we're having as our local elections, we're having EU elections for yes. the European Parliament. Yes. So Ireland actually is doing one thing smart. We're having them at the same time as the EU elections, whereas for some reason, loads of other countries schedule them for different times. So I thought that like Spain would be electing their EU guys, but no, everyone kind of does it around the same time in May. So if Spain had an election in April, now they're going to have another election the year after. That's a pain in the butt. The year after? Sorry, the month after. Okay. <laughs> the year after um, wouldn't be a big deal. That we <laughs> we uh, merge yeah, it all is together. A, that is a pain. So, yeah. So, Ireland, are they just trying to maximize turnout? Maximize cost savings. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, yeah, that's more practical. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, so all of the European Union, including a member that is on its way out but can't decide when. Who? Uh, Who would that be? Uh, Bulgaria or someone, I don't know. Um, they have to hold European parliamentary elections. Um, everyone has a designated number of seats. Um, Ireland was supposed to get more, but now that the UK are staying, I'm not sure if we will. So it's mm-hmm. kind of confusing. Yeah. Um, you're allowed to divide up your constituencies as you see fit. You're allowed to elect them as whatever system you want. And all you have to do basically is send the allot- make sure you send the allotted number of representatives to Brussels at a certain time. That's all the EU care. And, and please do it democratically if you can. <laughs> <laughs> Preferably, please. Preferably. But yeah, they just give the country's autonomy to, to go about it as they will. Exactly, yeah. I think they do say, well, I mean, if you do PR, that'd be great. So, do you know, it'd be great. Yeah, yeah. But you don't have to. You could do first past the post if you wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, PR being proportional representation. That's what Ireland uses for all yeah. of our elections. Yeah. Um, we, uh, so the problem with this is that people always end up electing people that don't talk at all about fucking Europe. What they, they talk just, about? National politics. Yeah. Irrelevant to fucking Europe. Like, they, they bring up things that like, oh, well, I'll help you get more ambulances and hospitals. And it's like, that's nothing to do with fucking Brussels. Yeah. Ugh. And there's all this <laughs> shit going on that we need to have people that actually know what they're talking about. And we're going to end up electing Peter Casey from Donegal. Oh, my God. Yeah. So people may remember Peter Casey for being yeah. the absolute shithead that got 20% of the vote when, when the Lord or Savior Michael D. Higgins was re-elected president. As, yeah. As, check, check out our Irish presidential episode. Yeah. You'll hear more about him. Yeah. Peter Casey, total shithead who basically got loads of votes because he said bad things about uh, the traveler community in Ireland. Yeah. Uh, is running in the Northwest constituency, which is a really weird constituency because it kind of hugs uh, the Northern Ireland. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, he's going to run there and he's got a very good chance of winning because Donegal is fucking bananas, my home county. Yeah. <laughs> they'd, they'd vote for anything just to spite the rest of the country. Well, maybe you should run. Um, No. <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> I've got this podcast. I've got this podcast. It's too late anyway. Um, Yeah, and a lot. some of the Irish guys are saying, I think, who did Fine Gael or Fianna Fáil? I think it was Fine Gael. Oh, it is Fine Gael. Yeah, they're, uh, they're running a, a former, the former Tanishta, Frances Fitzgerald. So mm-hmm. she's going to move from being a TD to being an MVP if she gets elected. But they're also running a dude from the North. I think he was, was he the head of the police commission or something like that? Anyway, he's, or he's a lawyer or something. He's a Northern Irish guy and he's coming down and he's basically like, vote for me and I'll represent Northern Ireland after they leave the EU. Mm-hmm. And... That, that's kind of what they're asking Dublin voters to vote for. Right. Which is interesting. So we're asking yeah, that's Dublin, fascinating. Yeah, they're asking Dublin voters to vote for someone who is essentially saying he's going to represent somewhere else. Yeah. And now that I remembered that, actually, I was trying to think about who I'd vote, and I think now I'm going to vote for him. Yeah. Because it's a good idea. Yeah, indeed. It's probably the smartest idea. Probably the smartest idea. I don't yeah. know who to vote for in the locals, though. I'm confused. Follow your heart. I don't or, know. Or, sorry, sorry, follow your heart. Uh, just do the hot or not principle. True, follow my penis. <laughs> Gross. Follow your dick. Gross. It's cool gr- to talk about like the a penises. lot of these like <laughs> it's cool to talk about penises for sure. I heard uh, I, uh, before you, before you say whatever you're going to say because it's going to be stupid anyway. Um, no, it's not. It was my one. It's my, like my, my my one allotted insightful moment I get per episode. Okay, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's it's nice to talk about um, these smaller local politics for a while as opposed to the bigger, more gladiatorial stuff, mm. or even just like the like referendums, like more binary issues. Yeah. You can argue that they're complicated in their subject matter, but realistically, it's a simple yes or no binary outcome that kind Divorce, of makes it easier to wrap your head around. Yeah, exactly. Whereas these like smaller things, it's nice to give them some some thought and some a little bit of a spotlight. Yeah, because yeah, that's all that's I, all I was going to say. All I will do 
is that I will ask the people, our, our hordes of listeners from Ireland, to please, when you're voting for the EU election, consider what the fuck they're saying about the EU. Yeah, And if please. you're voting in the local elections, consider whether or not the person is talking about things that they can actually do. Yeah. So if they're talking about things like ambulances, they, the council has no power over ambulances. It's the HSE, a national organization. Yeah. Oh, that's a good, that's a good piece of advice in general, Steve. Nice. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. The quote I was going to give, Robin Williams, I read it the other day. He said, um, God gave man a penis and a brain, but he didn't give him enough blood to run both at the same time. Politics. Politics. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Cool. I think I think that's it. Yeah. Um, I don't have any more elections to talk about. If you're from that's a country good. that was enough. That's so many elections. If you're from a country that had an election recently and I missed it, I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. Also, let us know because yeah. like one of the catalysts for for us doing this episode was that email we got from Michael. Exactly. Um. So please, like, like, let us know things that are happening in your area because you know we are mm-hmm. wonderfully ignorant to so many things, and part of doing this podcast is to change that. So let us know the stuff we should know about and talk about, and we probably will. Yes. It's not all. We're not Northern Hemisphere elitists. We will happily talk about Samoa. Yeah. We'll talk about. We'll talk about whatever. Like Fiji. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Steve's just going to be naming places for the rest of the episode, so I'll Chile. wrap it up. Uh, so if you do want to reach Bolivia. us, gmail.com. South Africa. If you want to let us know one of these places Madagascar. that Steve is mentioning and listing off now. New Zealand. Uh, if you don't use email for whatever reason, at Politics on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, the can hit us up there. Um, or like Steve said, we have that little voicemail service on our website. So whatonpolitics.com. There is a little mic button down the bottom and you can leave us a little voicemail and it's a lovely way to get in contact with us and like we said if you've got a very nice voice we might include it in the show uh, I think that's it Easter Island. Are you all out oh there we go uh, I think that's it Steve do you, do you can I go and then you just list off places or do you want to start a separate podcast where it's just you listening Okay, maybe a separate podcast feed. Keep an eye out for a new podcast coming to your feed soon. Definitely not looking up the world map because I forgot all the other countries in the southern hemisphere. Peru, uh, Zambia. Okay, Uh, there's not that that much down there actually. (laughs) It's kind of empty. Oh, I was wondering why it was so hard to think about it. Stop it, (laughs) Mozambique. Okay, goodbye. Uh, Oh, I was wrong. The Congo straddles both. Okay, goodbye. It's it's we're going over time so. Indonesia is is both too, so that counted. Yeah. Antarctica. When are the penguins having their election? That's what I want. <laughs> okay, stop. Okay, we're doing stop now. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.